up, everyone? Welcome to the pod. My name is Paige. And I'm Emily. And we are two of the thrashing figures seem to be involved in some kind of orgy in the painting in Carlisle's study. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. What's up, Paige? What is new in the world of Paige? Um, I think the biggest new thing for me is that I spent $57 today buying, and I'm not embarrassed about it, buying the first one through four seasons of Digimon on DVD. I'm I'm proud of you. I just don't really know what Digimon is. Is it like Pokemon? Sort of. It's kind of the same concept of kids who have animal-ish partners. But in Digimon, the kids get transported to the digital world via their, like, Digivices, which is a little tiny contraption thing. And then they all, they each have one Digimon partner. And then with the Digivice, those Digimon can Digivolve, which means they change form and get stronger. And, you know, they're just trying to save the digital world. They're called the Digidestined. I was obsessed with it as a big, huge Pokemon fan. I was also a big Digimon fan. Just the concept of being a kid with a companion that you can fight alongside with and be champions with. It was really fun. And also, you know, that... Digivolutions, evolution, it's just a really cool concept to me. I I feel like I'm there's just crickets <laughs> going on right now. It, it was kind of like store brand Pokemon almost. Like it gets not as much love as Pokemon, but I love it. There was not crickets. I was just wanting you to finish your... Sorry, there's a loud car again. I was just wanting you to finish your rant, but I am dying at how everything is digi something. It's like McDonald's. It's like the Mick server at the Mick cashier. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> they had to brand it, you know? If if there's digi in front of it, you're gonna think Digimon. That's just how it is. The marketing person for that show was like, I'm gonna go all out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here's just a fun little blurb about me that is embarrassing. But you know what? I was a kid. I don't I don't mind. The fourth season is a little different. So in the fourth season, the humans transform into Digimon. That's with their Digivice, they're able to Digivolve themselves, basically. And they all take on a humanoid sort of form. Like some of the Digimon are, most of them, I would say, are animal or like robot kind of looking. These ones have a human body with like kind of crazy stuff going on. And my favorite one was Lobomon, which was kind of blue and he was kind of wolf themed. And every night when I would go to bed and I would pray, my prayer was that if the world is in danger or my loved ones are in danger, please give me a Digivice so I can turn into Lobomon. Thank you, God. That's so wholesome because then he could save the day. Oh my God, so cute. I I think that I think that it's cute, but I'm also thinking that I may have thought that to sort of dilute me just wanting to be a Digimon. Like, oh no, it's it's for helping people, I swear. It's not <laughs> selfish reasons. You know what? There's nothing wrong with that. You were literally a kid. Yeah, I. it is embarrassing looking back on it, but I'm like, I was literally in like third grade. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? This is not the same 
kind of like thread, but it just reminded me when I was little, I had this um, like jacket or maybe it was a robe hanging up in my closet and my closet didn't have doors as a kid because they broke. Um, and so I literally was so scared of that damn robe because it looked like a dementor with the lights off. <laughs> so but like, why didn't I never move the robe? But I would hide under my covers every day. <laughs> I Things like that are very, very scary. Like, in the dark, your eyes play tricks. It's true. That was kind of deep, what you just said. <laughs> it's the hard seltzer talking. <laughs> I need some of that myself, damn. Um, so we read a really short chapter this week. We don't really have much uh, of housekeeping. I can't think of anything. Can you, Paige? I don't think so. Emily and I were chatting about posting something fun on our Instagram sometime this week, so keep an eye out for that. It's something fun to participate in. I think we'll get, we'll all have a good laugh about it. Well, when they're hearing this, hopefully they have had a good laugh because it will have been <laughs> in the past week. <laughs> My mouth is wide open. I feel like such a fool. I feel like when I was talking to Millie this past Halloween in 2020, when I was talking about what I wanted to wear to work, because at Chipotle, you can't like dress up or wear face paint or anything. So one year I wore vampire teeth just for fun. And I was like, maybe I'll do that again this year. And she was like, don't spend your money on vampire teeth. And I was like, why not? And she was like, you'll be wearing a mask no one's gonna see it and I felt like such an idiot if it makes you feel better I was also like in the story like hell yeah spend your money on vampire teeth so I forgot to yeah it is what it is but my outfit was amazing so tell the listeners what it was um I got some kind of like not devil horns but kind of like curly black almost like ram horns and I glued them to my hat so it looked like they were coming out of my hat. Yeah, it was awesome. It kind of looked like, you know, the Satan that Lil Nas X is on top of in his most recent music video? That's yeah. what it looked like. Yep. Yep. And then I put some fake blood over my eyeliner so it looked like I was, like, crying blood. It was pretty cool. That is cool. Um, I feel like Jem must have might have sent us... um a meme relating to that Lil Nas X video, which by the way, love him, huge fan of him. I'm looking on Tumblr right now. Oh, they did. Um, I can't, I don't, I can't really show it to you, but cause it's from the movie, but I'll show it to you after we watch the movie. You guys, Paige and I get to hang out in person in like two weeks. I am literally so excited. I, I'm already planning my outfit in my head because it's it's not that I have anyone to impress. Like, obviously, I could wear anything and we would be happy to see each other. But it's just like, literally, I the last time that I went to a gathering was when we were hanging out for Remy's birthday party. And it was very socially distanced, masks, like things are different. But we're all heckin' vaccinated now. And the CDD... CDD the CDC says people who are fully vaccinated can hang out. So we can freaking eat guacamole and drink till the sun goes down and then back up again. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's going to be fun. All right. So should we talk about chapter 20, Carlisle? Let's do what it. did you think of this chapter? Definitely 
there were parts of this that made me cringe. There were parts I didn't like, but it wasn't just, it wasn't because I didn't like Edward or anything. I mean, kind of, but just the content was not great to read. It was kind of hard to get through, but I did like, you know, the little extra little bits we hear about Carlisle's thoughts and, you know, when they're in the room to, I actually, now that I'm saying it out loud, I did not care for the, the scene where they're tackling each other again when Edward's tackling her. I didn't like that in Twilight and I don't like it now. It was okay. It was okay. I'll take it. Yeah, I feel pretty much the exact same way, so. And there was also a little shout out, I don't know if I want to call it that, to the Volturi. Um, in this, you get a little extra info, and I had a quick chat with Millie about it because she came into my room right as I read that part, and I was like, oh, it, it's making me really interested. Like, I I really want to know more about them because they're kind of vague at this point, and I just, I just know that there's something important about them. I know that they're going to be big. I just don't know anything about them, and she said that Dakota Fanning plays a really hot vampire in Breaking Dawn, and that just made me really excited. She does. However, whoever did her makeup needs therapy because it it's so insane. Look it up after we're done recording because I'm like, you did not need to do my girl Dakota dirty like this. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to do it. <laughs> but yeah, she, she is right. She plays a very hot vampire. Um, yeah, I felt pretty much the same. It's a lot shorter than all the chapters that we've been covering, but then we got another long one next week, which we'll talk about at the end, obviously. My cat is once again screaming from the distance, so if you hear that, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think he's in the basement. <laughs> he's lonely. And he's not. <laughs> he has Mila. He's fine. Anyways, so there's no like time that passes in between the last chapter and this one they had been in the hallway and bella wanted to know more about carlisle's story so they go into his office and my whole thing here was like because you know he's obviously describing he meaning edward is obviously describing the office and all the books and like the nice wood and how carlisle marks the page when they come in and he's like all he's just kind of like formal and professory and i'm like this man it's 23. Okay, maybe I'm taking an unpopular opinion here, but I enjoyed every moment of this. A hot 23-year-old scholarly with his room full of books? Look, I'm not complaining. No, it's not that I didn't enjoy it. I just was like, I felt almost like, I don't want to say bad for him because that's not the right word, but I'm like, I just think about myself two years ago, and I'm like, I was not marking the page that I was reading when people came in. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the the actions and the scene don't fit the person. Yes. Mm-hmm. I get it. But I guess if you're 687 or whatever the hell he said. So, Edward leads Bella over to the wall of paintings that is basically, like, a reenactment, almost, of... Carlisle's history. He says there, there were 73 works in all sizes, mediums, and colors crammed together like a wall-sized puzzle with only rectangular pieces. Surprise he doesn't insult one of these because that's his favorite thing to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Always got a problem with something, don't we, Edward? <laughs> Anyways. So they begin the story with London in the 1650s um, and 
as we remember from Twilight, Carlisle has to leave because he has to go to work. So it ends up being just Bella and Edward. And Edward describes, you know, the depression and the awful time that Carlisle had when he first realized what he was because he was so religious. So he took it very hard and um, he kind of edits for her while thinking, you know, to himself that he's like, basically throughout this whole conversation, he's like thinking to himself like, oh, she doesn't need to know that part or that part. So. Yeah. I mean, I think Bella would be interested to know all those parts. Let's be honest. I do too. I think he shelters her too much. Yeah, I mean, at this point, she's already, she's not dipping her toes in. She is already nosedived into that pool, my friend. So why hold back at this point? True. I think he does it under the guise of, like, being a gentleman or whatever, or, like, thinking that she's fragile. Yeah, and maybe also, I mean, he still is kind of, has this aversion to her being involved in this life at all so keeping some things back from her still keeps her a little bit removed from that and keeps her safe quote unquote yeah Yeah, that's a good point yeah so they continue on with the story but bella gets hung up on the fact that vampires don't have to breathe because edward is talking about how carlisle swims the channel to france and He has a little aside thought here that I was like, I'm sorry, you're just going to keep on bopping? Because I don't even know about this. So it's on page 451, towards the top. Bella says, how long can you go without breathing? And he says aloud, indefinitely, I suppose, I don't know. And then to himself, he thinks, the longest I'd ever gone was a few days, all of it underwater. And then he continues on with his sentence. I'm like, we're just going to not... We're just gonna, you, you go on side tangents all the fucking time. You couldn't have told me what that was about? We, we spent three pages talking about a literal pedophile in this book, or in this chapter, but we can't talk about you exploring the ocean. This part made me, it made me think about vampirism in a way that I didn't even think. I'm like, oh my gosh, you could literally explore any part of the of the globe you could get there in like a day you could literally get to australia in like maybe two days and be completely fine you can go in the coral reefs you can swim in the the dead sea i you can check all this crazy stuff out you could hike to the top of mount kilimanjaro you could do all this crazy stuff that you wouldn't be able to do as a human and all the things you could see that would be so cool i just it, it made me be like hmm Maybe there are some cool things about being a vampire. I agree. And this is the first time this thought has occurred to me, but I am forever haunted by the fact it keeps me up at night that like we can't explore our own oceans and that there's literally mountains on our ocean floor that we only know about because of radar. I'm like, could they go down there? Let us know what's down there. (laughs) This is relevant, but kind of not, but I think the ocean is the most terrifying thing on this planet. I think the ocean is a million times scarier than outer space. I like outer space. Who fucking knows what's out there? I don't know. The ocean that's on our planet and we don't fucking know what's out there. Yep. In there more like, like whenever there's footage of like a giant squid or something and you see like a big eye and just black water. No, 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 no. (laughs) I know there's, like, undiscovered species down there that they just don't know about. Oh, yeah, probably, like, hundreds of thousands. I need that tea. 
I don't know if I want the tea. I do. It's already keeping me up at night, so how much worse could it get? <laughs> I guess that's a good point. Anyways, to bring it back to Twilight, I feel like, because the reason we can't go down there is because our brains would explode, right? But they yeah. have brains. So maybe they couldn't either? Well, they don't have a arterial system, yet somehow Edward has a boner, so I, I don't know. Yeah. The laws of physics don't apply in these books. You're right. Be better, Stephanie. I like that that's what we're asking her to be better about. Oh, no, I'm asking her to be better about everything. This is at, like, number 50 on the list, but I'm just pointing it out. It's coming to a head, Stephanie. (laughs) Anyways, so Bella just kind of, like, moves past this as she does everything else. And Edward is convinced that this is going to be the thing where she, like, runs away screaming. And I'm like, this? Not the part where you were like, I've killed people. This? I watch you sleep every single night. But this? I can hold my breath indefinitely. <laughs> it's like, so stupid. <sighs> so finally they keep it moving on the story. And they go to the painting that we were talking about in the intro. Where there's this kind of like orgy, but also a battle happening on the main part and then above are like I think he refers to them as gods right he does yes yeah um and Carlisle happens to be in there so this is as Paige was mentioning earlier a little bit more about the Volturi there's still not a whole lot um you learn three of their names and let's see Um, how they tried to convince Carlisle to change his habits and he tried to convince them to change theirs and neither of them succeeded. So I know, I feel like I ask you this every week, but do you have any additional thoughts on the Volturi? They just, they seem so classy the way that Edward describes them. Um, And from what I know vaguely about what happens in Breaking Dawn, I can fully see why they got some some beef with Bella and Edward. I can see it. <laughs> well, what do you know about that? Because I don't think we've ever talked about that. Well, I know that Bella has a baby at some point, and I'm I'm like 98% positive it's Edward's. And I can see them just having beef with a human and a vampire being in a relationship because their whole thing as far as we know, is keeping the elusiveness of vampires out of the the mortal world, basically. Like, they're keeping keeping things under wrap. Like, when um, Edward is talking about the vampire that turned Carlisle, and when it was, you know, it was backed into a corner and it was starving, but, I mean, what is it going to do? slaughter and consume 50 people like the Volturi is going to have some a problem with that you know like clearly they have a problem with people shining a light on the supernatural world to mortals so I could see them having issues with a mortal and immortal relationship let alone a baby in the mix you know right okay I like that theory Um, so then 
you know, there's not much to the story that Edward tells after that. He says that Carlisle decided to try the new world and he becomes lonely. And then he's like, this is where I come in. And now you know the whole story. And then, then they talk about how Edward has killed people. Which, you know, Paige, I think you mentioned maybe like two episodes ago that you were like, he told her that in the meadow, but I don't know if it really sank in to her. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, and to be fair, I, he doesn't, he doesn't really go, he doesn't verbalize the detail that we are getting as readers, but it's definitely more in depth here than what was said in the meadow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He explains this a little bit of the background to Bella and then is kind of thinking to himself, you know, like, again, he's thought about this before when we talked about Siobhan and everything, but. He's talking about how he envied others' freedom, you know, to drink the blood of humans and all this stuff. And then he tells Bella that he only hunted um, who he calls the evil. And then he, you know, he's like, I never killed anyone innocent. And then he thinks of this one person that he killed. And I got to be honest here, like, this whole thing felt unnecessary to me. It felt kind of like... What's that word for, like, when... Uh, I can't think of the word, but it's, like, when someone, like, makes money off of, like, uh, describing a murder in detail. Like, a uh, sort of, like, um... God, I can't think of the word. I don't even... I didn't even know there was a word for that. There is, and you know it. I just, like... It's just, like, dirty, kind of, like, lacks integrity... I can see, I can see what you're getting at. I I have to agree 100%. I you know this part was very hard for me to read. It was just gross and it like you said there it didn't need to be in there. It I feel like it was only it it was almost put in there to make Edward seem forgivable, I yep. guess. When I like I said Millie had come into my room when I was reading this chapter. I I mentioned like, oh, I just read this part about how Edward killed a pedophile. And she was like, oh, well, I mean, he's the best. I mean, he, he can't do anything wrong. Like it was it just, I feel like it was put in there to make him seem better, but it didn't even need to be in there at all. Yes, I fully agree. The chapter would have been fine without it. Yeah. Exploitative is not the word I was looking for, but that's kind of what I'm saying. I can definitely see exploitative. I, I, it's superfluous is how I feel about it. Yeah. So since Paige and I are in agreement on this, I'm pretty much just going to skip over it. If that's cool with you, Paige. I'm cool. If the readers want to read it, you have the right to do it, but you should know like, trigger warnings all around it is it's just not it was hard for me to read it's pedophilia and murder and just stalking it's just not good it's just not good yep she yeah that's exactly it um I do want to point out one thing that's not related to that story on page 455 
um, before he, before Edward kind of gets into the details of this story, he's talking about, you know, all the places that he's traveling and he names some cities and he says, it's towards the top. I never strayed further south. I knew better than to hunt near that hotbed of newborn nightmare armies. What did you think of that? All right. I'm not going to lie to you. I have a confession. I was on TikTok and I may have seen it. I don't want to say it was a spoiler because I still don't really know what's going on, but it was slightly spoilery. I should have left, but I stayed because it sounded like they were talking about Twilight, like the book Twilight. But what they really were talking about was just Twilight the series. Mm-hmm. And it met, it was a girl, and she was like, when you go to the same high school as the Cullens, she was like, I was in history class, and I have I have history class with that one Cullen guy. And it's the same girl, just pretending to be two different people. Like, oh, you mean Jasper? She's like, yeah, he's just being really weird. Well, they're all really weird. What are you talking about? They're always weird. She's like, but it, we were just like reading, and he was just like, being really emotional about things like yeah well he's an emotional guy like he always has big emotions about things like yeah but like we were learning about the civil war and about the confederates and he was just like you don't know what they had to go through you don't know so i stopped watching after that because i was like i don't know anything about that shit i i scrolled past it so i feel like that's has something to do with that but I don't really know it makes me think that there's some sort of civil war vampire crossover that I'm not ready for (laughs) (laughs) okay all right I'll leave it at that we'll find out in eclipse the third book (laughs) oh my god okay so um, can I can I throw something out there before we move on sorry yeah yeah totally the civil war I do know was just it was grisly. It was, it was a lot. It was real bad. It's very famous in mortuary history because mortuary science and care of the dead historically was always a woman's job because it was seen as dirty. And so in lots of different cultures, it would be women who would take care of the dead and prep them and clean them and all of that. And then at the Civil War, all of these people started dying at different places in the United States, and there needed to be people who could make the dead presentable and, you know, embalm them so that they could be shipped to their families. And that's when people started to, like, realize that there was money in it, and that's kind of when it changed into a male-dominated field. That's besides the point. I just wanted to throw that out there because it's really interesting. But knowing that the Civil War had this like really grisly, lots of death, crazy, violent sort of a thing. I mean, I know Jasper comes from some sort of warring area. He's his where he comes from is very violent. I could totally see there being some kind of like supernatural craziness where like they're turning all of these like semi-dead people into vampires to like be war people, war people, LOL, soldiers. <laughs> but knowing what I know about the Civil War and just how grisly and brutal it was, I could totally see that overlaying with what I know about Jasper. And 
it kind of makes sense to have sort of a supernatural thing in there knowing how brutal it was. So I I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. That was very interesting history on mortuary science too. You people, you pay for the price of admission. This is what you get. These fun facts. So I'm going to pick back up on page 458. And at this point, he's finished his story of how he used to murder people and they go into his room. And Bella's just kind of observing, you know, as you do, like she's just checking it out. And he describes it from his eyes. And it's kind of nice how he says that, like, he feels like she belongs there because honestly, it's surprising to hear from him because I feel like his normal reaction would be like, it's so unnatural for her to be in my monster's room or whatever the fuck. Yeah, I could see him being like, her being here is just me overstepping my my boundaries once again. How could I let this happen? It was never supposed to get this far. <laughs> so true. Even though you're the one who chose to be in her room all the time. Yep. Is it, is it really sad that it got this far? Because it seems like you let it go pretty far. Yep, exactly. Um, I do have one other thing to point out on page 458. It's a little higher up, but he says, the way she looked at me now was also more than I deserved. Blah, blah, blah. I suppose my defense had worked, no matter how weak it sounded to me. But Bella must, must have been used to making excuses for me by now. I couldn't imagine how else she could bear to be around me. And my thing is, like, if you're going to mope around about this, then stop being a person she has to make excuses for. Like, I know he can't change what he did in the past, but it's just like, I don't know. I hate when people, like, they're, I just hate when people are like, I can't be the person that you want me to be. And it's like, yeah, you could, actually. Yeah, if you take constructive steps towards making yourself a better person... It's probably possible. Yeah. <laughs> it's just irritating. <sighs> so Edward tells Bella that, that, you know, he's happy that she knows all this stuff about him. And, you know, he's he's relieved, but he's also happy. And then um, he, of course, ruins his own moment. And he says, I thought of pomegranate seeds for the first time in a while. And my note on this was like, in a while? I feel like it was literally like yesterday that you thought about it. Every time that he mentions pomegranate, I I recall back when we did the very first chapter of this book and I was like, oh, they pick like a really good thing for the cover. Like it's kind of sexy and kind of gore. I'm like, no, Edward's just obsessed with this stupid thing. It is like kind of graphic though in a weird way. I mean, I still stand by it. I, I mean, that's that me not knowing anything about it. That was the impression I got from the cover. Now that I know all the information, I'm like, gag. But <laughs> yes, I th- I'm just saying I think it can be bold. Yeah, I like my interpretation more personally. <laughs> um. So then Bella says, you're still waiting for the running and the screaming, aren't you? And he says, yes. And she's you know, messing with him. And she says, I don't find you scary at all, actually. And then they have their weird wrestling thing that Paige hates so much. It's so funny to me how much you hate it. I, I, 
can fully, this is very realistic for like teenagers. I could fully see me doing some goofy shit like this with, if I was 17 and I was just newly dating someone, I just don't like reading it. Like it's believable and it's, it, it makes sense. But I just hate, I hate the step by step of Edward describing him going into a, a pseudo pounce and then rearing his shoulders like a cat. I, I hate it. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I agree. <laughs> you convinced me. <laughs> so after they do that whole little charade, um, he can hear Alice and Jasper in the hallway. And so he kind of like rearranges so that Bella's just like sitting on his lap and then Alice and Jasper come in. And Alice makes her little joke about, it sounded like you were having Bella for lunch and we came to see if you would share. And then they kind of make jokes about that. And it's very interesting to me how Jasper, speak of, speaking of the devil, um, is like, he's basically getting off on, or like getting high on Edward and Bella. It's like kind of weird. I kind of liked all of Jasper's little bits. Like he, like, it just made me feel like warm inside just knowing that he's like everyone's really happy in here so I'm just gonna I'm gonna amplify that happy and then everyone's like I'm having a really good time now I don't know I, it was just kind of cute to me I thought it's cute it's just funny that like when he's leaving Edward's like he goes really slowly so that he can like get as much as he can yeah I didn't I didn't necessarily like that <laughs> It's just kind of random to me. I don't know. It makes sense, like, based on what we know about his talent and everything, but it was just funny. Um, so then, of course, they chat about going to the baseball game. And um, it's interesting because Edward is watching Alice's visions in her head, and it says, I'm on page 461, lightning fast, she ran through a few hundred images from that possible future of where they're playing the game. Rosalie was absent, but Emmett wouldn't miss a game. But it's weird because Rosalie ends up coming. I mean, I guess, like we know, the future is valuable. Not everything is set in stone. True. Um, do you think there's going to be another, like, sort of confront confrontation between Rosalie and Edward in between now and the game? Well, I'm trying to think what happened in Twilight. And I'm pretty sure that after this, he takes Bella home... And then him and Charlie meet. And I think he comes back and picks her up. Am I? Because there, there's a point where him and Charlie have this weird interaction. I think it's, okay, so he, I think he brings her home. Charlie is not there. But then he comes back later and is like, we're going on a date tonight kind of a thing. And that's when he meets Charlie because then they go to the baseball game and all that shit goes down with Laurent and James and Penelope? <laughs> Victoria. Victoria. And, and then they go home and that's when Bella does that whole thing with Charlie. So I think that there is a period of time where Bella is home and he returns back or he does something. So I think that there will be. I think that I think that, that lines up with what happens in Twilight. Okay. 
we shall see very soon. Um, and then, you know, it's funny because Bella's like, well, I need an umbrella, and they all laugh. And then Jasper is nice enough to be like, well, does she need an umbrella? <laughs> and Alice is like, nah, she's good. And then they get up to leave to give them some privacy. And, um, you know, Jasper does that weird thing where he's trying to take as long as he can. And then this is pretty much the exact same as it is in Twilight. Um, Bella asks, what will we be playing? You will be watching. We will be playing baseball. Vampires like baseball? I answered her with put on gravitas. It's the American pastime. End of the chapter. I feel like you do not have any notes that we didn't cover, but do you? No, my main note was that thing about Jasper. Because when I read that line, it struck me as odd. And I want to say that I want to say that I saw that TikTok maybe like the day before or the day after. It was very close to when I read it. And I was like, oh, interesting. So I, I had made a note that like, what the fuck is that? You know, but we covered that. So, yeah, it's, it is interesting, though, how they kind of just like it's interesting for you to read these like kind of lines that are throwaway lines for most people because we already know all this. But you're like, ooh, what's that? You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So next week we have another doozy of a chapter. I think it's 35 pages. It is called The Game. And what are your predictions for this one? Okay, so since we already covered it, I do think that there's going to be a conversation had with Rosalie. Um, I think that there might even be a conversation maybe with Alice because she foresees these um, these visitors so maybe they'll have some kind of conversation about how to go about dealing with them. Like, what are they like? Why are they coming? Like, this and that. Um, I, I think that the chapter in Twilight ends with, like, them sort of coming up in the horizon. Like, the visitors don't show up until the following chapter. Um, so I think also there will be a lot of smack talk inner dialogue during the baseball game since Edward can read everyone's thoughts like Emmett being like eat a dick bro like him being so mad I something like that you know yeah (laughs) that's so funny yeah a little bit of dark a little bit of light Mm -hmm. yeah well we were just dropping into your ear this week for a few minutes to talk about a really short chapter, and uh, that's about all we got for you. So we hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. We'll take these couple extra minutes to urge you to please donate to the Quilliet Move to Higher Ground movement. That is at mthg.org. And Paige, do you want to go over our socials? Socials. Most important, number one, be looking out. I was about to say Instagram again, and that's going to be literally in the past. Well, you should just hang out on our Instagram anyways. There's always fun stuff going on there. That's Instagram handle, Tuesdays are for Twilight. Our Tumblr handle is also the same, Tuesdays are for Twilight. Lots of good memes. I've not been on because I don't want to be spoiled, um, but I hear that it's popping. Uh, check out our Twitter. That's Taft pod t-a-f-t pod we get lots of good tweets um from jem from hannah all all you funny peeps out there we love it so i think i think that's it 
We don't have an Amazon, right? <laughs> Amazon what? Like a wish list? I don't know. Check out our LinkedIn. Um... Can you imagine? <laughs> we have a joint Neopets account. Uh, you can follow us there. Also, if there's any Neopets execs that listen to this, please help me get my account back. I have so many, I have millions of Neo points banked away that I literally cannot get access to. So heartbreaking. I never did the Neopets thing. That's sad. It is sad, but I think this ties back to the very beginning of the pod. Again, me with just having fake animal companions. I loved it. I was really obsessed with Neopets. And to this day, I mean, if I could get access to my account, I would be on that shit all the time. <laughs> I love that. Listen to us. Hear us, Neopets. Save mm-hmm. Paige from her misery. Every time I try and reset my password, I just don't get the email. So I'm like, it's my email. I don't know why you're not sending it. I don't understand. Have you checked your junk mail? Yeah. I get emails from fucking Neopets because sometimes I get desperate and I make a new Neopets account just to, like, play the games and stuff. But Extreme Show 11, that was my username. I, I miss you guys. I miss all my Neopets on there. A moment of silence for Paige's Neopets. <laughs> you can also email us at twilight at gmail.com if you'd like to. Paige, before we sign off, do you have anything to add? Don't let the haters block you from reaching your your highest potential. Become the real you and grab it and hold it. We'll see you next week for chapter 21 of The Night Sun. Bye, guys. Bye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. <laughs>